Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. I thought that I would mix up the intro this week because I feel like it sounds the same every week. And, you know, we got to keep you on our toes. Our toes, your toes. We have to keep you on your toes. Yeah. I mean, I'm on my toes sometimes too, but. um, Because we're short. Because we can't reach anything. But I am Maggie Loney, joined as always by the wonderful Perry Goldstein and. We're we're here to celebrate Club Dub. We are the Packers. She said podcast is officially uh, rolling into week two, one and zero with the Packers, and that's exciting. That was it was a really good game. We have a lot to talk about um, going into the Viking or the Lions game, but I think we also kind of want to recap the Viking scene because there was a lot. I think a lot of surprises and a lot that we really liked. So, Perry, what were some of your initial thoughts? You know, kind of now that you've had time to digest everything from week one. It was just fun. It was just fun to watch the Packers. It was fun to watch them win, obviously, but it was, it looked like they were having fun also. And I get that it's hard to not have fun when you score 48, 43 points against a division rival that everyone in the offseason said was better than you. Um, but the offense just felt really like they were just like a steamroller against the Vikings defense. They just, Choo choo, chugging along. I don't know. They just, they just, <laughs> they, they really, they were working very well together. It's, I haven't seen an offense like that in a while. I think, you know, the last time was a, definitely a few years ago. I was trying to think of it today, like maybe the latter half of Run the Table, but that was really Aaron Rodgers, like forcing them ahead. It just, it felt very different than, than years past. Um, and, yeah, I'm just excited to see what the Matt LaFleur offense looks like again this week because I liked what I saw. Yeah, I agree. And I think, like, Jacob Westendorf had a really good point. I think it was him on Twitter where he said, like, you know, the Packers still passed 64% of the time on offense. So, like, this whole narrative that the Packers are going to be a run-first team has been debunked. And I know it's week one and it's a small sample size, but... I mean, I think that that narrative was kind of far-fetched from the beginning because you have Devontae Adams and you did take, you know, Jay Sternberger and Josiah DeGuara. Like, yes, you are creating, like, this dynamic offense, but I, I still think, you like, you have Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be a pass-first offense for the foreseeable future. And, you know, the way that Matt LaFleur was using, like, Alan Lazard, Josiah DeGuara on wheel routes, you had Tyler Irvin break free for, like, a 30-yard gain at one point. Like, just, just the idea of being multiple that we talked about so much on this show um, all off season and how we were excited to kind of see what year two looks like under Matt LaFleur. I think week one was a really good glimpse at like what he now is finally able to achieve with all the pieces that he has on his roster. So I agree with you. It's just fun to watch the Packers. It's fun to watch the Packers win. And it's especially fun to watch them win in such a dynamic fashion where they put up 40 plus points on a division rival. It really doesn't get better no. Um, and we got, and we got such a vintage Aaron Rodgers performance out of the week, which is just like, no part of me expected that either. It was like, yeah. I, I, I had a feeling like I'm, I, I'm sure we'll look better, you know, year two more comfortable, but no part of me thought that he would come out and be throwing like dimes, like every <laughs> throw, even if it wasn't a touchdown, just his accuracy. I, I don't know what he saw on his tape that he rewatched, but 
whatever it was, it worked wonders. And I'm looking forward to it working wonders again this week because we're getting, I think, Maggie, a little bit of a similar situation in week two with the Lions with historically not a great pass rush. That's not going to be able to help out a very new and rookie and banged up secondary. So I'm wondering and I'm thinking that the offense is going to maybe look quite similar. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the lions are a better football team holistically right now, um, at least on offense than the Vikings were. And I don't know if you would agree or disagree with that, but I think that the lions are probably just more developed at this point. I would take Matt Stafford over Kirk cousins. I would take, you know, the tandem of Marvin Jones and Kenny, Kenny Galladay over Thielen and Justin Jefferson at this point. Yeah, um, I would take TJ Hawkinson over Irv Smith Jr. at this point. So I think that there's Definitely. just no, there's a lot that leans towards the Lions on offense. So I think they will be better. But you know, it's kind of the same thing you know that you're talking about with injuries. They they might not have Kenny Galladay. Their right tackle Vitae is banged up, and he might not be playing. So just you know, it's it feels like the Packers should on paper once again, if you look at the matchups be favored in a lot of those really key categories. So I think maybe that's, that's a good way to, to jump into, you know, the, the topic of the week, which is the lions at home Sunday. Um, well, the lions at the Packers home on Sunday, I meant to say, but um, so who would be then your player to watch on offense for the green Bay Packers now in week two? I'm going to go classic and I'm sorry if I'm stealing yours, but I'm, Aaron Rodgers, again, I I think he came out at 100, and it's going to be quite difficult to have another performance that tops that, and so that can be a little bit tough, you know, not seen necessarily as a regression because I'm sure he will have yet another incredible game, but when you have a plus 120 passer rating game in week one, it's a little bit difficult to top that. So, um I still think he's going up, like I said, against kind of a banged up, inexperienced secondary. So I fully expect him to light it up again. Um, Of course, I think that there, if Jeff Okuda is a go, um, you know, that's probably an upgrade from what the the Vikings had. I'm sorry, um, last weekend. But I want to see how he feels in the scheme. I want to see if he's back in rhythm, if he's, you know, making those beautiful passes, spreading the ball around like he did last, last week. I just want to see more if this is, if that was a one-off or if this is going to be how he plays going forward. Yeah. I really like that one. I kind of thought that you were going to take mine when you said that you didn't want to take mine because that's what we do on this show. But my guy's AJ Dillon and Matt LaFleur, you know, had said that he wanted to get Dillon more touches this week. Um, He had two carries for 14 yards. So obviously the seven yard average is fantastic. Um, but I think he, you know, he had mentioned something, uh, in his presser where he said hindsight is 2020 and he feels like maybe he got, his word wasn't cute, but you know, maybe a little cute on the goal line, you know, and, instead of just attempting to punch it in. And I put this on Twitter, but you have AJ Dillon and he has quads that are bigger than like my entire body. So I just, you know, when you're on the one yard line, just please hand in the ball once. Like, I just want to see it. I just, you know, and I know that the narrative was that, you know, they brought in the Packers to have like this big, or they brought in Dylan to have like this big physical guy for goal line handoff. So you don't want that to be like his entire role, but I do also want to see if it works. <laughs> like, so I think he's, you know, going to be one of my players that I'm most excited to see kind of if he does get an increase in snaps, I think he only played five snaps against the Vikings and 
we didn't really see him in much pass pro. So I would also like to see what he looks like from that perspective, because we know Jamal Williams is amazing at it. We know Aaron Jones has gotten a lot better at it. And that was something that Dylan struggled with quite a bit in camp. So, you know, to see if there was any progress made in that category. Um, so then how about now, you know, switching to the lions, who would be your lions player to watch this week on offense? Um, you know, I, I think we talked about this last week, how I feel like the NFC North has some of the best young tight ends in the league. Um, I think each team has one to watch every week. Um, Packers might have two at this point with how much DeGuerra played last week. But um, after watching the Bears-Lions game from Sunday, it's very clear uh, that TJ Hawkinson and Matt Stafford have a very like legitimate connection. Uh, and I think, I imagine that they'll try to get him a lot more involved um, and get him hopefully not hopefully it won't work and we'll plan for this, but you know, one-on-one against some Packers linebackers and kind of try to exploit that matchup. That's usually worked pretty well against us. And so um, I think with that sort of developing connection that you can very clearly see with Matt Stafford, um, Hawkinson's my, my player to watch on the lions offense. I mean, their first touchdown drive, um, which came, at the end of the first half uh, last weekend was essentially all Stafford throwing to him two big, pretty big chunk plays. And then essentially Swift uh, punched it in for the score, but Hawkinson was super involved. Um, the, the bears pretty much didn't have any like real uh, answers for him. And I think that the bears have quite a good, you know, middle contingency of linebackers in their, in their defensive core. So um, looking at TJ Hawkinson, but mostly looking to see how the Packers stop him. Yeah, that maybe is a preview of something that I want to talk about later, um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll keep it, uh, keep it on the down low, but, but my guy for the lions is Adrian Peterson. Um, Cause he, I mean, it just seems like Adrian Peterson is, the bane of this Packers defense's existence, regardless of whether he's with, with the, you know, the Vikings, the Washington football team, he always has like career games against the Packers and week one against the line or against the, um, the bears, he had 93 yards, 14 attempts, uh, a long of 21, the average 6.6 yards a carry. And that's, that's significant. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's, those are the kind of numbers, like I kind of thought he'd come in and, He's Adrian Peterson, so he's going to get his touches. But, you know, with DeAndre Swift and Kerryon Johnson, I kind of thought that he would just be like this rotational third back that they utilized sparingly. He feels like they're number one right now. So especially not having Kenny Clark this week, um, or at least, you know, it looks really doubtful that the Packers will have Kenny Clark this week. To me, I think that he's going to be probably one of the biggest pieces to worry about for this Packers defense, because if he can, the edges are going to be hard, but you know, we saw Delvin cook eat up a ton of yardage just up the middle once Kenny Clark left. So I think the same kind of concerns are, are valid for Peterson this week. Yeah. And that's so, so perfect because my defensive player to watch this week it for the Packers is Kingsley Kiki for that exact reason. And I could have chosen pretty much any of the defensive linemen, but complete agreeance with you is that, with Kenny Clark probably out, um, if I'm to guess, you know, he didn't practice again today. It's a groin injury, which tends to linger a bit. And I imagine they want him fully healthy for the Saints and Falcons versus, you know, this week against the Lions. Um, 
I'm looking at one of those defensive linemen to step up. And Adrian Peterson is a hard guy to take down. Adrian Amos talked about him actually today in his press conference saying like, you just got to set your feet and grab on and not let go because (laughs) he will truck you. And he does bring that veteran mindset and knowledge of the Packers as well, because he's played pretty much, he's played us his entire career essentially with the Vikings and now with the Lions. So um, I'm definitely a little nervous. I think we did okay against Dalvin cook once Kenny left, like better than I would have expected, but not great. He still had, like you said, tons of yards against us and we still let the Vikings, you know, score 34 points. So I think whomever it is that steps up in that defensive line, whether it's Kingsley or, Dean or Tyler Lancaster, someone's going to have to start plugging those holes up the middle. Otherwise we're going to just keep getting gashed. And the lions have three backs now that they can, they can set against us, not just AP, but, um, you know, carry on Johnson has run the ball against us previously. And now Deandre Swift, who's a little bit of an unknown X factor. So, um, that defensive line is what I'm watching. Yeah, I'm going to take it in the other direction. My defensive player to watch is Darnell Savage. Um, he didn't do anything like explicitly wrong on the field on Sunday, but there were moments where you would just see him almost like take himself out of the play or he just looked a little unsure of what he was doing. Um, so I kind of want to see like if he can clean that up. I mean, I know that he's going into his, his second season and he didn't have a preseason. So there's a lot of that stuff that kind of you know, weighs on what maybe is made of that performance, but you know, he's, he's next to Adrian Amos. And I know that Will Redmond came in for some snaps. Uh, Darnell Savage didn't play the full game. Like I kind of expected him to. So I'm, I just am curious to see like, if we see more of more of an impact from him, um, whether it's in coverage, just kind of cleaning up some of those mental mistakes and who am I to judge, I guess, you know, I'm not an NFL player, but just, you know, looking for him to be kind of more involved in the plays, I think is, is something that I'm interested in, especially because I think you would agree that this, this lion's receiving core as a whole is better than what the the Packers saw week one against the Vikings. Definitely. So if we switch gears to the lion's, Um, I had a little bit of a difficult time with this one just because they just don't have that many sort of strike fear into your heart names. I mean, I guess Trey Flowers is, you know, quite a good rusher, but he looked pretty diminished on Sunday, to be honest. And I personally think, and I'll, I am actually going to talk about the offensive line in a bit, but I think that our offensive line is, is better than the bears offensive line. So in a in a secondary that is going to be missing Desmond Trufant most likely as your quote veteran presence, um, you know you we might be getting kind of coming off a little bit of an injury a, a young Jeff Akuda, um, rookie Jeff Akuda, and I do think that he is an upgrade from what we saw last weekend with the Vikings. He was picked third overall in the draft. He's you know, touted as the best cornerback coming out of this draft. Um, we've seen that rookie cornerbacks can make impacts their, their first season. Jair Alexander is a perfect example. He started, you know, started for us. Um, so I think there is a world where Jeff Okuda does better than what we saw from the Vikings last weekend. But at the same time, it is still his very first NFL game on a short season. He is a little injured, He's going to have to go up against Devontae Adams. Uh, 
And that is going to be a tall order, especially if, um, especially if Aaron Rodgers is, you know, accuracy is at what it was last weekend. So just, I mean, we both were huge fans of Jeff Okuda coming out of the draft. So just naturally from a football perspective, I'm really curious to see just how he does, but wouldn't be surprised if he has a little bit of a rough game. Yeah, I like that. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Jamie Collins. He was ejected from the game um, for just being an idiot. I mean, I know that's not what he was ejected for, but when you try to demonstrate something on a ref and you hit them with your helmet, it's never going to go well for you. Um, But my guy's Jamie Collins because I think that the Packers had one of the toughest middle-of-the-field matchups in Eric Hendricks' week one. Eric Hendricks is one of the best middle linebackers in the entire NFL. Like that man goes sideline to sideline. He's quick. He can cover tight ends. He can cover running backs. Um, There was a play that, you know, like nine times out of 10, it's a touchdown to Josiah DeGuara, but because it was Eric Hendricks guarding him, it was an incompletion instead. So I think that that's a matchup that the Packers will probably be able to exploit um, because Jamie Collins is a little bit older not as athletic anymore. And I don't know if he'll be in his head mentally after, you know, being ejected from his first game of the season, but you know, he played with uh, Matt Patricia in new England for a while. He was with the Browns for a little bit. So there's a history there with him and Patricia, but I just, he's my guy. I think that he is going to be one of the keys to success for the Packers offense. And if he plays well, he's going to have a huge hand in, you know, the lines kind of locking down some of those options for Aaron Rodgers. I was actually deciding between him and Jeff Okuda. <laughs> so classic us on the same page. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what that game would have been like if he had stayed in, right. You never know, you know, you don't like to think that one player's changes the entire outcome, but you know, the bears pretty much gashed the Lions defense in the, the last quarter of that game, which was, it was just all around a really trash fire game to be quite <laughs> honest with you. I, it just wasn't good football, but Moving on to our next <laughs> our next uh, topic before I go down a rabbit hole on that game. Um, X factor on both sides. So let's flip it and let's let's I want to give you the floor and uh, you tell me who your X factor player is for the Packers this week. I, f- I mean, I feel like this one's cheating, but it's Josiah DeGora. And I just think that he's so dynamic. And I think that we saw more of him in week one than we maybe even were expecting. Um, I think he was really involved, you know, in, in pass pro, uh, whether he was blocking, whether he was, you know, running down the sideline like a bowling ball, taking out multiple Vikings defenders to free up guys like Alan Lazard and Aaron Jones. Um, so I would like to see him more involved in the receiving game just because that's something that we, we saw him have one catch for 12 yards. He had the play that I was talking about a little bit ago against Eric Kendricks that could have been a touchdown on a wheel route that, you know, against any other, other linebacker, linebacker <laughs> against Jamie Collins is probably a touchdown. So he's my guy. If they can get him more involved in the, in the receiving game, I think that that's going to be kind of a big play for the Packers this week because the wide receivers looked really good. Tyler Urban, the running backs looked really good. And the tight ends were serviceable in what they were asked to do which was primarily blocking, but I'd like to see the tight ends get involved in the passing game this week. Yeah. Let's hope that he's healthy enough. Cause I saw him pop up on the injury list, not just with a shin, but also an ankle now. So if he's a go health wise, I completely, completely agree with you. Um, my X factor is actually on the opposite side of the ball. Um, because I think we're going to get Raven green back this week. 
presumably they're going to play him if he's healthy. Um, so I'd like to see what he can bring to the table. I thought Chris Barnes did a really nice job, you know, next to Christian Kirksey, but Raven green, I think brings another layer of versatility and speed and, you know, that kind of, he's just really gritty and, and tough and a good tackler. And I think that's something that we, we miss in the middle of the field. And so, like I mentioned earlier with TJ Hawkinson is the person that I'm really watching on the lion's, offense. I think the, not that I think Raven green is like the key to unlocking everything with our issues at the middle of the field, but I think he's a piece that can make it just a bit better. Um, and so I'd like to see that. Uh, and I think that, um, you know, with how much dime we played last week, what was it like 40% we're in one, four, six based as our quote base defense. Um, Raven green brings a little bit more to that sort of dime package, uh, than your, than your classic safety. So I just am excited to see him back. I think he brings a lot to, to the defense and hopefully will help stop those tight ends. Yeah. Raven green is a really good one. I know they played some, some Will Redman in that, in that role. Um, he did. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that you just, Chris Barnes is athletic. I don't know if he's somebody that you want, you know, in kind of those, passing downs I think you'd want somebody a little bit more athletic in there which is I think what we were expecting to see from Warren Burks who again has not made it onto the field so yeah I think Raven Green is a really really excellent choice yeah and I think just to you know wrap that up is you know the Lions pass a lot Matt Stafford's a really good he is a good arm he's a good thrower Um, and the way that they've always beat us honestly in the past is Matt Stafford just blowing the top off our defense Uh, so if we can stop you know kind of get a handle on that I think early um, it'll be a key to us staying in this game I honestly think we're gonna blow them out but That's beside the point. Um, My X factor for the Lions is Quintus Cephas. And, oh, did we have the same one? We did, but go ahead. It's okay, but we'll talk about Quintus Cephas then. Um, I think of all the rookie wide receivers that I got to watch this past weekend, and I think I watched a good amount of football this past weekend, he definitely had the best game of any rookie wide receiver. He... You know, we have little to almost no tape on him, too. So potentially missing Kenny Galladay again, that's someone that could see more targets than we would have expected previously from Matt Stafford. He had a really beautiful, like, 20-yard catch off of play action for Matt Stafford early in the game. And I was like, oh, I see you, (laughs) rookie. Okay. So um, I think, you know, like I said, with missing Kenny Galladay, he could really slide in there and see more touches or, you know, than, than normal. Yeah, it, it could be Badger bias for me, like my rose-colored glasses from being a Badgers fan. But uh, Quintus Cephas was one of the few wide receivers that were like in the middle rounds of the draft that I was like, okay, I could see the Packers taking a flyer on them. Once you know, once we got past like the first two rounds, I was like, eh, I really don't want them to to reach for somebody at this point that's not going to start or see the field. But then you have Quintus Cephas come to the Lions as a fifth-round pick, and he is in the starting lineup. You know. And I know that Kenny Galladay being out was a big factor in that, but he led the team in targets. I mean, he had 10 targets, um, only three receptions, but of those receptions, you know, he put, he put up 43 yards, which was a significant chunk for that offense. Um, and you know, if, if you have like a Danny Amendola in the slot, it makes sense that he'd be the other boundary receiver opposite Marvin Jones. And Marvin Jones has also given the Packers fits. So 
if they decide to double team somebody like uh, Marvin Jones or play like a soft zone, I think that Quintess Cephas, I agree with you. I think he'll find some opportunities in the middle of the field. And I think he's kind of emerging as a young player that Matt Stafford is seeming to develop some trust in. So first time we've agreed on one, I don't know if the <laughs> other times were un- like intentional that we just didn't pick the same guy, but yeah, I, wa- I wanted to also talk about Quintess Cephas because, you know, on the same page. All right. So we have a key matchup coming up next and I'm going to let you take this one first. Cause I'm very <laughs> curious. I, I really do also think that we're going to have the same thoughts here, but um, the floor is yours. I alluded to it earlier. So if you caught my illusion, that's, it was a perfect illusion, but it, uh, it is the middle linebackers of the Packers against the tight ends of the lions. I want to see, Christian Kirksey and Chris Barnes against TJ Hawkinson and Jesse James. I think that TJ Hawkinson and Jesse James as a combination are a better uh, tight end tandem than what we saw last week uh, with the Vikings and Christian Kirksey. I like the way that he's been moving around. I think that he already brings more athleticism to the middle of the defense than we saw, you know, the past four years. Um, I think that he's still like, he looks healthy. He looks ready to go. So we didn't see a ton of him dropping into coverage, but he was still all over the field. So I want to see kind of yeah. what he can do. I think that I agree with you. It's going to be one of the, like the primary targets for Matt Stafford is TJ Hawkinson. And we know that he's a premier tight end in the league. So, or he's emerging into one, but <laughs> I, I like, I think Christian Kirksey is going to be one of the keys for this defense, whether it's guarding a guy like uh, TJ Hawkinson in the passing game or coming in to kind of provide run support um, in the middle of the defense, which obviously we know is the softest spot right now. So that was not what I was expecting you to say, um, but I'm glad we went there because I completely agree. I honestly, I, so I rewatched the Vikings game and I really was so impressed. Like Christian Kirksey was everywhere. He was the first guy to touch you know, Dalvin Cook on every run. And he may not necessarily have got brought him down in that first touch, but he he really was um, just like right where he needed to be uh, on most plays. So um, I'm curious to see what he does. You're right. It'll be, it'll be one to watch. So mine is actually not that. Um, <laughs> so we were not on the same page there. But I mean, I, I guess I touched a little bit on the Packers defensive line versus the sort of the run game, right? But on the other, on the flip side of it, you know, Packers offensive line versus the Lions defensive line, you know, the Lions didn't really get a ton of pressure on Trubisky last week. Um, And so I, like I said earlier, I think our offensive line is much better than the Bears offensive line, especially we have a healthy Billy Turner back now. So our Besides Lane Taylor, our starting guys and Lucas Patrick are healthy again this this week. And so can the Lions get any pressure on Rodgers? Or is he going to have another day with a clean pocket and lots of time to throw? Because if it's the latter, the game is pretty much over for the Lions. Like the way to, the best way to beat Rodgers is to get the pressure on, get him flustered. And I just don't see them being able to do that. And especially exactly like last week with the the secondary, if they can't get pressure up front and the secondary has to pick up all that slack, I don't see, you know, this sort of honestly like second string (laughs) secondary being able to do that. So um, I think that's going to be key, honestly, more for the lions than for us. But um, with our offensive line a little bit stronger, I think we win in the trenches this week. 
Yeah, I really like that. That was a good one. I, I kind of thought when you had mentioned like, oh, I'm going to talk about this a little later. I was like, okay, I, I don't think we're going to double up on the uh, the key matchups. But I guess now the last thing to talk about is fantasy football. And uh, I <laughs> doubt we're going to double up on this one. But just in case, Piri, who is your player to watch uh, for the Packers uh, for fantasy football this week? So I just want to say that my fantasy football team is so banged up. <laughs> so sad. It's only week two, but um, I'm looking at Alan Lazard. I think it's clear that Devante is the number one, you know, you take him in the, if he's available, right. As your number one wide receiver, but Alan Lazard and I could have subbed in MVS here too. Just like he, they were both there. You know what I mean? They, they got their catches. They got their yards. They each got a touchdown. I fully expect that to happen again this week. So if you are looking for a pickup, if he's not already in your league's lineups, like, I don't know what you're doing, but Alan Lazard. Yeah, I agree. And I'm going to take MBS. So I love it. But if you're like, if you're like Perry and me, where you're in a 14 person league and you're scraping <laughs> the bottom of the receiver barrel, get yourself an Alan Lazard and an MBS, because I agree with you. I think that, I think that MBS is going to be that guy for Aaron Rodgers, you know, as a deep threat and Devonte Adams has his moments. Alan Lazard has his moments, but I mean, we saw a couple opportunities. One of uh, MVS's worst drops was, you know, when he kind of just reached out and it was like a fingertip ball that would have been like a 40 yard gain down into the red zone. And, you know, I think that it's just going to take a little bit more of Aaron Rodgers learning his speed for them to kind of be even more on the same page. And they're going to start completing those deep balls. Like we know that he's a deep threat. Uh, we know that Aaron Rodgers trusts him and is willing to go back to him. He put up some impressive yardage and a touchdown in week one. So could have had guy. more too. Could have yeah, had absolutely. more. He left, he left some stuff on the field. So oh, that third down in the middle, if he caught that, that was like at least 20 yards. That other deep pass up, up the sideline at just, Right off his hands. Yeah. yeah. So definitely he's going to be looking also to, to not have that happen again. So I fully expect him to have more yards. So could not agree more. So I know Maggie, if you listen to pack a day, you gave your score, what you think the final score is going to be. But for everyone who only listens to us, what do you think the final <laughs> score of this game is going to be? You know what? I'm going to change it. I know I okay. said I wasn't going to do that um, pre-show, but looking at the injury reports now that we're further along in the week, um, I don't think the game is going to be as close as I originally expected. On Pack-A-Day, I had said 24-21 Packers. I think I did. I don't really remember. I think that, that, sound, okay, that, sound, that sounded right. Um, I thought it was going to be really close because the Lions always have to play the Packers really close, even when they maybe don't need to or when they shouldn't be. Um, I think the Lions are going to be kind of hungry coming off of a game that they should have won in week one. But I think that this Packers offense is going to be too much for them in just about every aspect in the secondary um, with the wide receiver matchups that the Packers have. Um, their run game against this Lions D-line. Um, I think that they're going to be able to generate pressure on defense against Matt Stafford. So I'm going to say I'll do 31-21. I'll, ex I'll expand it. I love your face. I'm thinking that's something. That was my final score <laughs> prediction. Wow. We are really, yeah. I, um, <laughs> yeah. So I agree. I think, um, I think the Packers win this one. I don't think it's like a beat down like last week, but just some things that I noticed last week from the Vikings that I think we'll also be able to capitalize on is the lines didn't look great on third down. 
Um, and I think not, they punted a, a lot. And so I think with our pass rush and Petten's ability to scheme up pressures, um, I see us being able to stop them quite easily on third down. Uh, I think that Stafford looks good, but his receivers also left a lot on the field in terms of drops and our secondary feels much more dominant than the bears do as well. So I expect Jair and Kevin to be sort of locked in there. Um, the lions play only man coverage. I, that's actually something I learned this off season is that they don't disguise coverages at all. Um, and so I think we're going to be able to exploit that pretty well. Um, and spread the ball around like we did. So I think with a play caller like Matt Patricia, who honestly last weekend seemed so, I told you this pre-show, like just seemed conservative and vanilla. Um, I fully expect Mike Pettin to sort of be able to handle that. But of course, you know, they're still going to score points. I don't think this is going to be some situation where we, they don't move the ball at all because like I said, Matt Stafford still has a good arm and he still has some decent targets. And for some reason, Danny Amendola always comes up clutch in some situations. So I agree. I think they will score points, but we will win pretty handedly by 10 points, 31, 21. I love it. We are just always on the same page because that's what we, we really do. Are. That was, that was wonderful. So we have another game this week. Hopefully another Packers win. Hopefully we come back next week and we are two and oh, the Packers come home to Lambeau and I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm, there's nothing else to say. I, I just wish that I could be there tailgating, I guess, but I know yeah. I was supposed to be going up there this weekend, but we're trying not to think about that. Um, so instead <laughs> tell the people where they can find you on social media. Okay, great. To take your mind uh, off things. Please follow me at Perry underscore Goldstein. Um, pretty much everything I do, you can find on Twitter. So every other Monday on Pack-A-Day, uh, Game On Wisconsin, Happy Hour with the beautiful Maggie Loney if you want more of us every Monday night. Um, and then the occasional guests in, in various other platforms. So just follow me on Twitter and you can find all my work. What about you, Maggie? Yeah, that's the easiest way to do it. Follow me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. You can also Google me, as Jacob Westendorf pointed out. But you're going to find uh, the school I teach at and work for. So, you know, if that interests you, go for it. Um, but you can find me on Twitter primarily, where you'll find all my Packers content. Two articles a week for Cheesehead TV. Um, I am with the Thursday crew uh, for the Pack-A-Day podcast weekly. And then, of course, you know, come check us out for happy hour. Bring your questions, bring your alcoholic beverages or your juice boxes if you're not 21. And we will talk all the Packers football that you care to talk about. So thank you, as always, for listening to our favorite show. I'm, I'm going to assume it's Perry's favorite show. It's my it favorite is. show. All right. And go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.